This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty, pretty great. And one reason I'm doing great is because I'm driving my new car. I understand that. It's a Honda CRV hybrid. So we we play the game of how many miles per gallon can you get it to? We we're we're incrementally getting it going. We've uh, we've had it two weeks now, and our miles per gallon are thirty six point two. And uh, so that is with the hybrid and the gasoline engine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we will be taking it out on the interstate well not necessarily the interstate the the highways uh this weekend so our car has a a deal where you can once you fill it up you can reset your trip odometer so that you can start calculating miles per gallon this is my husband's grandpa old man thing i'm gonna get that miles per gallon up and and this is his new thing to to watch it on the the dashboard so he needs to stay electric as long as possible yeah yeah we it's like uh, what do they say uh, drive like your grandma's casserole is on the back seat that's right <laughs> we are going to talk about electric vehicles and hybrids today uh what do you what do you now you have a a, a truck and a mercedes are do either of them have any electronic component battery components the mercedes is a hybrid now a hybrid we need to understand and a hybrid can be where we have a battery that we run off electric until at a certain mile an hour, and then we go into uh, using the internal combustion engine. Or a hybrid can be one of these cars that you stop at the red light, it cuts off, and then cranks back up when you put on your foot on the accelerator. Okay, that is a hybrid as well. Okay, it does not have a electric battery in order to run off electricity but it is a hybrid because that's how the manufacturers got around when making all vehicles hybrid by making them die at a red light great yeah yeah hybrid uh hybrid just means two things smushed together and there's lots of different ways a thing can be a hybrid and for we'll try to specify on this show what uh we're talking one to the other now, as these continue to talk to each other, as now there is a lot of software that is in the electric vehicles and the hybrid vehicles. Mainly, the updates for these electric vehicles are going to come from software to over the air. Okay, and that's another thing you you will not have to take them into the dealership, but it will be something that is a continued updated process with all these electric vehicles. And that's even. If you're not connected to Wi-Fi, you don't have your phone connected, it'll just magically through the air. They're connected uh, to you. That's right. All right. 
We are going to talk about electric vehicles and hybrids today. I've been stockpiling some emails that we'll get to. Send us your emails, your email questions to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a call from Brennan, who's calling from North Mississippi. We'd like to invite on the air today. Brennan, what's your comment or question for Coach? Hey, good morning. And, and uh, yeah, Coach, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're a Mercedes man as well. Uh, I've got a question on a GLK. That's my, my wife's daily driver. Uh, it's a diesel. It's not a hybrid, but it gets great mileage being a diesel. Uh, we can get about 37 miles to a gallon. Uh, on the highway, but the only problem we've noticed lately is that it's a seven-speed transmission, and it'll shift into that highest gear, you know, to get the best, uh, lowest RPM, good mileage, but it's making this vibrating, uh, it feels, you know, just a shaking, like it won't, it wants to downshift, but it's not, uh, I know it doesn't, you know, they typically don't run high RPM because it's diesel, but uh, I'm just wondering if there's any input on where this, what this noise could be. Uh, it only primarily happens on hills. Uh, going up a hill kind of lugs it. And if I downshift uh, the transmission, it has the electronic where you can downshift uh, on the steering wheel, then it'll make it go away. But it's a, a pretty fast vibration and pretty, pretty stout. I mean, it'll... It'll shake you pretty good. <laughs> so what it's trying to do is uh, it shudders and it's trying to go. It's trying to go between overdrive and uh, a lower gear. Is what it's trying to do, right? Uh, I think that's correct, yeah, and I, I don't know if I need to, I, I want to take him in to get it looked at. It's not tripping a service engine light, but it, I definitely have a concern. I don't want it to strand my wife somewhere, uh, And but I didn't know if I need to be looking at, you know, a torque converter or a, an axle, an individual. It's got all-wheel drive constant, uh, so I didn't know if that could be maybe one of the joints in a drive shaft or something like that. Uh, what year is it again? It's a 2013, and it's got the 2.5 uh, liter diesel. Yeah, on that on that particular vehicle, I know that um, you could and see if they uh, go to the Mercedes uh, website and see if they have a recall on that vehicle shuttering in uh, overdrive because what's happening, it is trying to get in between. At, because once again, you're going to feel more shutter when it's. Uh, just cruising down the highway, uh, but what's going to do? You're putting a strain on that engine, on that transmission, and it feels that strain, and that's what you're feeling. Ah, okay. And it, what it's doing uh, is, is trying to shift between those gears. I would uh, definitely go have that checked out because it could be the transmission itself. Okay, perfect. And you think there's a chance it might be on a recall or something like that? Yeah, you know, a lot of these manufacturers had a problem with transmissions. So what I would do is look for the see if it has a recall or even see if it has a technical service bulletin on it. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, that, that sounds like a great help. So I, I appreciate you taking my call. Appreciate all the tips on the week, too. They're a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Brennan. We're glad you've called in, just like Catherine from Columbus. Catherine, we're glad that you're part of the show today. What's your comment or question for Coach? Hello. Uh, I have an old uh, pickup truck that I'm driving right now until I can get a hold of one of the new Ford Maverick uh, hybrids. And um, 
I don't want to put any more money into this truck than is necessary because, of course, I want to get rid of it as soon as possible. Uh, but the other day I was driving down the road and my rear tire shredded, so I had to get that replaced. I would assume if that one shredded that I probably should replace the other one. And if that's replaced, do I have them rotated or what is the process there? Can you tell me? Yeah, if that tire came apart, uh, how old are those tires that are on it? Oh, I don't really remember. What we used to do is buy them in pairs. We'd put the new pair either in the front or back, I don't remember, and, and the old pair. I don't know. They used to swap them out or something, but it's been several years. It looked like it was dry rotted. Yeah, if, uh, if they're dry rotted like that, you're going to need to change all of them because they're really only, uh, matter of fact, only a tire dealer can only service a tire that is five years old or before because of the dry rot and they can't warranty that tire if they fix it or anything. So, what I would do is go ahead and buy you three more tires. Uh, does it, wait, does it have a spare tire underneath the vehicle? No, it doesn't. Okay, I'd go ahead and buy you three more tires then and just put leave that tire, you have it on the front or the rear? Uh, we put it in the uh, rear uh, where, where the old one was. So you yeah. Want to yeah, that's great. Just I, what I would do is to use that tire on the rear right along with one of the other ones. Uh, how old is that tire that you, uh, how long ago did you replace that tire? Oh, just a couple days ago. It's brand new. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't have no problem. Just try to get the same brand. And, the, and make sure they're the same size and just put them on the rear uh, put one new one on the rear and then put the other two new ones on the front oh, okay so I won't get that money back in resale though no okay just for safety sake then. just for safety sake yes ma'am okay I have a quick question about the Ford Maverick hybrid uh, apparently the chip shortage had kept them from coming out on the market in mass like they had hoped and so I understand that thousands of them were being warehoused for maybe as much as a year is that something that should concern me when they finally do come out on the market well the thing is that's a they're going to be 2022s if they're hanging out in a warehouse for a year. That's another 2023. The only thing is, if they put fuel in them, that's another thing. If they put fuel in them, they need to make sure that it was some kind of stabilizer put in that fuel because if it's sitting there for a year and not cranked up, that fuel is going to go uh, sour in that tank. So that's one Which of those. Which I wouldn't necessarily know. Right, that's one of those things that, uh, you would have to know. Once you got it, if it's driving fine, once you get it, I wouldn't worry about it. But you know, that's one of those things that just if it just sits there, you know, because empty tanks collect water. Mm-hmm. So you just want to be careful. All righty. Okay, well, thank you very much. Catherine, while thank we've you. got you, we want to remind you that on our December 1st, 2021 show, Auto Casey, Casey Williams, reviewed the Ford Maverick. I don't know if it was the hybrid or not, but you might find his YouTube video or listen to ours. And tires, you know, um, the, the the husband and the repair shop were very excited that I still had the receipt for the last time we had purchased tires, you know, a few years ago, you know, shoved in the glove box. Yes. That's a find, find a, a nice big envelope or something so that you can shove those tire purchase receipts in the glove box. Because even if you go back to the same place you bought the tire they might have a hard time finding your your record of purchase and if you just keep that receipt 
then uh, you'll know how old they are. And, you know, if you, what is it, you said that you can get like a, not a, a rebate or a, a warranty, warranty, you can get some money back on those tires. Now, I would tell you, make sure that you get a road hazard warranty on all tires every time you buy them, because you never know when you're going to hit something or or that tire just uh, goes flat. You know, I know there's a lot of places in town that will fix the tire, won't cost you anything if you pay that 3 or $4 for a road hazard warranty. Thanks, Catherine. We're glad you called in today. If you've got a question, send it to our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about electric vehicles, EVs, hybrids, all the different kinds of hybrids. Is your car under recall? We'll find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We are the Iuka Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Freaked me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I am Liz Gill. Now, if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcasts on all podcasting platforms for your smart devices. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here's a recent recall. Uh, <laughs> not good for the, the plug-ins and the hybrids. Uh, it's a Ford the 20 through 22 Escapes, the 22 Mavericks, and the 2122 Corsairs that are equipped with a 1.5-liter hybrid or plug-in hybrid engines are being recalled for engine fire compart- engine compartment fire risks. That That's always a shame when you hear, don't park your car. Well, folks, don't park your car in the garage. Well, first off, so many people don't have enough room in their garages for their cars, but... And I guess they're still getting some of these bugs worked out. Well, Liz, uh, most cars that you see on the side of the road that are burnt up, those are because of the electrical problems in that car, mainly because of the battery. Either the wire has uh, shorted out, the insulation has come off, and it has grounded out to the side, and that is what catches on fire. Insulation catches on fire, it burns the vehicle. Now, if we think about the EV that is all high voltage you know and by being all high voltage i'm just wondering you've seen uh, on the news tesla's burning and other things burning because of something happened to that battery something happened to the wiring so there's things you know i always think about it, liz there's things to look at 
if you're going to buy a hybrid, if you're going to buy an EV, electric vehicle, or if you're just going to buy a gasoline, there's there's something on each one of them that you got to be careful when you buy any of them. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A dot gov slash recall. Just put in that VIN or find their Safer Car app. You know, okay, when the, the husband, we when I drive home at lunch, I uh, uh, while he's driving, I will pull out the the VIN number and add that. I haven't added that to my Safer Car app yet. We're talking about electric vehicles and the plethora of types of hybrids, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Joe in Macomb. Joe, what you got for us today? What's your comment or question? Great, great. I got a 2013 Dodge Grand Caravan that we use for transporting patients with. Uh, for about two months, I had some problems with the, um, I got an engine light and I get a gas cap light. I have changed the gas cap from uh, AutoZone all the way to the OEM brand at the dealership now. The gas cap light goes out for maybe a week, and then it comes, then it comes back. Then the engine light comes on, which is like, I think it's a 246 code. Now, since then, I have changed the, the fuel cap. I changed the solenoid, purge solenoid under the hood, and I changed the monitor down by the canister. Now, I got two other symptoms that might help, help us here. One is that, it, that my, my gas tank used to sort of burst when I would uh, fill it up. It was like a, a tin can. Expanding, well, that went away when I changed the uh, monitor. And sometimes when I hit my key start, it would just crank over as fast as you know what, but don't crank. So I had to turn it off and then kind of do it again, and it cranks right up. So right now, my problem goes about four to five days after I take out the battery cable and reset it. I'm just wondering, what else can I look for? Okay, first of all, you're resetting setting a code that is an emission code. That emission code's going to come on if that's not repaired. So what's going to happen right. there, you have a – that solenoid controls a purge valve. A purge valve lets fuel coming from the tank that was excess vapors went into a charcoal canister, and then it let yes. the – uh, fumes go into the engine. Now, the reason your vehicle burped is because it has a vent uh, on that gas tank. Uh, just think about it, if you was trying to put water in a jar and it was full and it just kept running over because it had nowhere to go. Well, that's the same thing with your gas tank. It's full of air as you drive. Air gets in there and that air has to go somewhere when you put that fuel in it. So what it does, it has a vent solenoid that opens a vent and lets that air go into the purge canister okay right and a lot of times what happens those hoses on top of the tank or going to that purge uh, vent valve allows air to get into the tank because what happens how how that uh, computer knows there's a problem it puts a vacuum on that gas tank and it holds it Okay, and then it just monitors when it goes down. So what I would do, I would check the hoses on top of that tank. I'd go back there and check that uh, vent solenoid. 
Okay. But now that's not going to have anything to do with your vehicle cranking up. What that is, uh, you know, you said it cranks up quick sometimes and then doesn't others. I would uh, check the fuel pump on that one. Okay. Would the the fuel pump also make the uh, gas cap light keep coming on? It's not holding uh, pressure or something? No, that's that vent solenoid. Uh, that vent, uh, the vent valve I was telling you about that's by the tank. Yeah. That's what that I think, is. I changed one. I, I think they call it a monitor. It's, it's, it's connected to the canister. Yeah, it, yeah, but the vent is on top of the tank. Oh, that's one I can't see. Then. And that's the one that lets all that air out so you can fill your uh, tank up quick. You know, if it had, okay. you ever had a vehicle where the fuel would go in real slow? Right. That's what that is. Okay. Yeah, we got one of those modified wheelchair uh, vans where right. they moved the factory tank up underneath the front piece, basically. Right. That'd be a job. You would take it to, you even take it down. Yeah, it's going to be okay. put on a rack. And what I would do, uh, ev- evidently, uh, they're just telling you it's the. Uh, gas cap because it has a gross leak is what it is. It's called a gross vacuum leak. Okay, then. Okay. I just set up an appointment, then. Okay. Have a good day. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Joe. We're glad that you called in today. We've got a couple of emails that we were saving. We've been saving uh, for a, uh, a hybrid electronic vehicle show. So this was this is Bill from Vicksburg. Uh, let's, we'll unpack his comment. One thing a lot of people don't understand is that an electric vehicle doesn't idle. It only turns on when it operates. I was driving a hybrid in traffic about 15 years ago in D.C. It took me about 30 minutes to drive one to one and a half, one and a half miles. The engine never turned on at once in all that time. Imagine if I had been driving a gas engine that had been running for all that time. That's what makes hybrids and EVs so valuable in in urban and suburban areas, there are a lot of places in Mississippi that could benefit from these. Well, that's a good thing, Bill. Uh, hybrids have come a long way since then. Um, if you notice now, if you stop at a red light or you stop in traffic, that uh, you hear a lot of vehicles cranking up when they start to move. Well, that is the engine has cut off, and when you take your foot off the brake or put your foot on the accelerator, the vehicle cranks up. So. What they were doing 15 years ago, they made it easier today to make sure that vehicle doesn't idle. All right. Here's another email we got. This was from Tot. Tot says, what happens when the power goes out uh, due to a hurricane? Well, you know, I was thinking about in this next uh, email, we have another email, too, and it goes along with what I was talking about. I did a research and to see how many charging stations were in the Jackson area. Well, you know, I live in Flowood. Well, guess what? In Brandon, there is only one charging station, and that is at the dealership. Uh, I did one in Jackson. There are 16 charging stations in Jackson. There are one in Vicksburg. And there are two in Bay St. Louis and 16 in Tupelo. Now, tell me all the EV vehicles that they're going to have, they have no charging stations. Most of these charging stations are at a hotel or at the dealership themselves. And none of these, two, well, two of these in Meridian and Tupelo will not even charge a Tesla. They do not have a charging station. So when uh, we do not have no power, 
guess what? You better make sure you have a hybrid, not a fully electric vehicle because it will not run. Well, if we don't have any power, you can't get gas at the gasoline uh, station either. So we'll say that you either need to have a full tank of gas or a fully charged battery. That's one of the things with uh, state vehicles in hurricane season. We have to keep the vehicles with at least half a tank. And we're still during hurricane season, folks, Well, so until uh, December 1st. Being my wife is a doctor and she has to be in the hospital, the state department has places that emergency personnel can get gas uh, for their vehicles. So they probably have emergency charging off generators. But you hope. I, yeah, <laughs> I would hope so too. But, you know, there's a lot of different things out there when people are charging and then we can get in this next session talking about how long it takes to charge and how heavy these batteries are in these vehicles. Right. Yeah, this that was the you mentioned the other email that was I don't have one yet, but I've been wondering about getting one of those vehicles charging up, particularly when traveling. For example, we went to a Marriott in Sandestin a few years ago and noticed that the parking area there was only one charging station for electric battery vehicles. So if we do move towards and I guess even before we move towards more charging electric vehicles we've got to get that infrastructure got to get the infrastructure like i said i was in arkansas when i went to omaha and i stopped at one station and they had five tesla charging stations but did not have any regular charging stations now if you think about plug-in hybrids or plug-in evs you know we got to start talking about how they're going to charge because there are several levels of charging a vehicle and then we have onboard charging, like your uh, vehicle itself, your hybrid charges its own self. It's called regenerative braking. And what happens is that when every time you step on your brakes, your battery charges. Okay, you don't charge much, but it charges enough to keep that vehicle where they can use that battery. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about electric vehicles and all the different kinds of hybrids, but that's just between your regular vehicle repair questions. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. Now, we hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. I love it because we can listen to all the MPB shows. You can even watch uh, MPB and PBS television shows through the app, but most importantly, you can click that support button to make your contributions to support Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We thank you, those that do. We really literally cannot do this without you. 
Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio's Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, uh, according to the Clarion Ledger newspaper, Tesla has announced the grand opening of the first Mississippi dealership that's going to be in Brandon. The 25,000-square-foot facility plans on holding its grand opening ceremony July 30th at 9.30 a.m., according to Supertalk. So maybe get a... I don't know. What kind of what would they give away at a grand opening of a Tesla? Well, a hot dog, a soda, mineral water. That's what it, they can give. <laughs> you know, they're going to be over there by the uh, Great Annuals is when they're going to be. Right. They have a uh, service center right off Airport Road, but they're going to move over there to Great Annuals is where they're going to have their uh, shop at. Right. And I, I know, you know, I pass those Tesla charging stations at the outlets of Mississippi right. and Pearl. So... They're, they're, whatever you think of Tesla, it, it is coming to Mississippi now. Well, if you think about uh, Tesla, you think about all these vehicles. I was reading up on the uh, Ford Lightning. You know, uh, it goes 300 miles on a fully charged battery. It, you can pay $10,000 more and you can go 30 more miles. That means you can go 330 miles only fully charged battery for $10,000 more. All right. You know, so when you start talking about it, I want people to understand that start talking about how much you're going to pay for what you're getting because these batteries in these vehicles weigh anywhere from 1,300 pounds to almost 6,000 pounds for a battery in your car. And I don't know, right now, they're not replacing single cells. Right now, they're replacing the whole battery. So understand that if it goes out of warranty, that you're going to be paying a lot. Mercedes battery is $35,000 for that EQ they have out. Well, and, you know, what was it? Was it last week we had the government conspiracy phone call? Isn't there, you know, a government, wasn't there a conspiracy that they're not, they're not doing enough research on batteries because if batteries can last longer, you won't need to buy more batteries. So, well, you got to think about batteries. We, they use a lot of graphite to make these batteries. Most batteries uh, that are in EVs are lithium-ion batteries. Those same things you see that are in computers and all this other stuff. But those are the type of batteries. And what it is, it's not just one little battery. It may be hundreds of batteries put together so they can draw that voltage anywhere from 100 kW to 300 kW. Well, and, you know, I bought a, a, I bought a hybrid, but I don't think EV and hybrid owners should be on high horses because they're not using gasoline, but because they are using so many minerals and, um, you know, Un, unreplenishable metals from the earth to make all these batteries. And then they got to use the energy from electricity, and energy from electricity is coal, natural gas, windmills. But they, you know, a windmill is not going to produce enough energy to charge your car. You know, at one time. So I think we all just need to put in perspective where we're going. You know, are we being pushed too far, too quick? You know, I think it's going to come soon, but I think we need to put everything in perspective. Here is an email. I found this fascinating, but I I want to get your perspective on this one. This one was from Ed. Ed said, 
China has developed these stations for EV battery swaps instead of charging. Changeout can be around three minutes. Japan is also adding them. Of course, the car manufacturers must make their cars compatible, but this could be a way to solve long-distance travel problems. Yeah, I was thinking about that email. Now you got to have somebody there to make sure that battery's put in correctly because that's all high voltage. So you want to make sure they're uh, careful there. But that would be a good way. I was thinking about the charging as we're talking about charging a battery. Um, there's three levels of charging. Level one is 120 volts. It takes 60 hours to charge that battery fully. Now, if you're driving around town 30 miles an hour all day, no problem. You, you can do it but you're not driving the car constantly. Then there's a level two. A level two is 240 kW, 60 amps. That's 240 volts, okay? It takes about, they said, overnight you could charge your battery, okay, to a fully charge. And then you have level three that is DC charging. It's direct uh, current charging. Those are those fast charge batteries. Okay, but the problem is, what are we going to put in our house, we're going to put that 115 volt. We Some people may put that fast charge in there, but most people are not going to have a level three. You know, so you got to understand, I was talking to somebody the other day, Liz. They said that they drove 1,800 miles. They were going somewhere to Florida. Their buddy had an EV. It took him five extra hours to get to where they were going due to they had to stop and charge the vehicle. It's so. It's... A work in progress. It is. It's a work in progress. We just got an email, Coach. This says, we have a 2010 Ford F-150 with 200,000 miles. We recently had a complete tune-up, and uh, the truck is still running well. One engine light is still on. Mechanic said it was the oxygen sensor near the fuel tank, and tank would need to be drained and dropped to get to it. We bought the truck used, and my husband moved the toolbox in the bed of the truck and realized someone had cut a hole in the driver's side. So obviously there had been some work before purchasing it that we were not aware of. My question is, the oxygen sensor that needs to be replaced Placed. Is it located in a place that we could get to if we move the toolbox instead of dropping the fuel tank? Well, I've worked on a lot of F-150s. You do not have to drop the fuel tank in order to take the oxygen sensors out. You have uh, two upstreams and two downstreams. The two upstreams are the ones that are off the manifold right up to the very top by the exhaust. By the engines, those control the engine. And the two in the back read the uh, catalytic converters. And they're right. Everything's right on the uh, drive line, on the exhaust. So you don't have to move the tank. Uh, you can just get up under there or get it on a rack, and you can see all the oxygen sensors. Very simple. Great. This is our well, this is our email show, Coach. We've got another email. Is a hybrid able to operate solely on either fuel source if the if if one OT the other fuel is completely empty? Wait, is a hybrid able to operate solely on either fuel source if one 
OT, the other fuel is completely empty. So I guess for a, a hybrid, if you're completely out of gas or if your battery is completely drained. You'll run on uh, the gasoline. You'll run on the gasoline engine. Because once again, you're charging the battery. Now, if you're charging the battery and the battery starts to go down, you're going to be on completely on the internal combustion engine. All right. But if you're completely out of gas, would you just kind of limp along? Yeah, Could it you, still move? There will be a... Uh, code that comes up on that and it'll throw you into limp mode and it will get you to where you could uh, go but well i will tell you this that battery's charging and you're only going to go about 25 30 miles an hour because the engine turns on at that speed so you'll limp wherever you're going so you can get some gas limp limp mode that's a good that's a good one we're discussing evs and hybrids and taking your repair questions Remember, you can send us your questions to our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up, but uh, this one isn't electric, but he did do the Chevy Bolt EV two weeks ago on our show. So if you go back and listen to that podcast, you can hear about that electric car. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. This week's ride is a pretty big deal. It's a 2022 Jeep Grand Wagoneer Obsidian Edition. The Grand Wagoneer is the big truck-based SUV. This is the Cadillac Escalade competitor. Three rows of seats, the inside is extremely luxurious, and screens, screens for everybody. There's a screen for the driver, there's a screen for the passenger on the dashboard, two screens in the center console, a heads-up display, TV screens in the back, literally with Amazon Fire television attached to them, and a screen in the center. Very luxurious, very beautiful. It's got the Macintosh audio system, 19 speakers, sounds tremendous. Underneath the skin, an air ride suspension system, and a 6.4 liter V8 delivering 471 horsepower. Gas mileage, not so great at 13 miles per gallon the city, 18 on the highway, but you can pull 9,850 pounds. So, this thing's gonna come with a price tag, as you might imagine. Starts just under $89,000. This one has equipped $109,050. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. 
Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Coach, we found out more people listen to us on Saturdays than on Thursdays. Well, great. We just need to push them up on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, since we're talking about EVs, I just want to make sure you go down to go to the website, download an app that it's just like Gas Buddy telling you where gas is. There's apps to tell you where charging stations are as well. So make sure you download that app and you'll know where the charging stations are if you're on a trip. Very good to know. We've got a couple of calls to go to. Let's go to Janie, maybe, in Jackson. Yes, hello. Good morning. Thank you very much for uh, taking my call. Uh, Ms. Gill, you have one of the greatest voices I've ever heard on radio. So having said that, let me, I'll continue. Uh, I, I, had two, I had a question and a comment. The question is, uh, are used vehicles still have a high markup like they did, let's say, six months ago, a year ago, because of the chip shortage and that type of uh, issue? And my comment, and I'll hang up and listen. My comment is, what happens if you're in, let's say, Florida, you live in South Florida, and there's a hurricane coming, and you got to get out of Dodge right quick, and you're driving, and you got an electric vehicle, and it's bumper to bumper to bumper all the way up to Georgia, and how are you on earth going to, and if you run out of uh, battery? You're dead. I mean, if that hurricane hits, it's over. So I just, you know, I think the technology is not here yet. And when a government is doing and subsidizing everything, it's really the taxpayer that is paying for this, not the government. Government doesn't have any money. And, you know, when Henry Ford and, and, and these people, uh, when Carnegie uh, put together steel to make steel for buildings, there wasn't any government involved. There was somebody that decided hey i can i can build a skyscraper and i can i can uh, make money and yes you don't want to work for free uh, yeah you, you have to there's got to be a profit margin somewhere so i just don't think that technology is there and nobody reports really and i commend your show this morning i try to listen as much as i can but nobody mentions these down all they say is oh my gosh oil is evil and we have to go electric Thank you, and I'll hang up and listen. Well, I do have a comment on that, Miss Janie. You know, with the hurricane coming, you know, once again, once that battery dies, you're dead. I would say you may get a trailer and put you a spare battery and pull it along. But I, I agree with you on the battery situation. But uh, as talking about the cars, uh, the used car prices have come down just a little bit. They're not as high as they were because we are getting a few more new cars in than we did have. One thing I, in doing research for our show, uh, MotorBiscuit.com was saying that electric cars depreciate faster than their gas-powered counterparts because resale values take into account the $7,500 federal tax credit and other state and local credits that were applied to these vehicles when they were bought new because the technology of EVs change at a rapid pace obsolescence also plays a role in their dramatic depreciation as well as consumer range anxiety and lack of public charging infrastructure. That is right. You know, Liz, we only have 5% of all new cars being bought today. 5% are EVs. Well, but my car 
I'm expecting to drive it till I'm 70, and I am nowhere near 70. You know, we've got this grand caravan we bought in 2005, and, you know, we're hoping we can get at least that long maybe with this new car. So I'm not worried about the resale because I personally plan on keeping mine till it won't move anymore. And that's right. You know, there's so, there's such a difference between an EV and a hybrid. They're two different animals. And you're talking, you know, if we're going to talk EVs, we got to compare apples to apples and, you know. Right. Last call. Let's go to Lisa in Gulfport. Lisa, we're glad you called into AutoCorrect today. Char- uh, Coach is just waiting to take your call. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I have always been a pickup driver, although with my age getting a little bit older, I'm, um, I'm now driving a, a RAV4. But for the past couple of weeks, I've driven a Ford Fusion Hybrid. And it has completely sold me on getting a hybrid. It is, as a matter of fact, I'm driving down the coast in it right now. I'm taking it to my son um, to give it to him. But I'm getting such fantastic gas mileage. And the fact that it charges itself when, when I'm braking and when I'm coasting is just an awesome vehicle. I was scared of anything to do with an electric vehicle which I understand this is a hybrid, it's different, and I'm still just learning about it. I've only had it for two weeks, but this is fantastic. I seldom go to the gas station. It's just great the way that it it makes its own energy. I don't have to plug it up anywhere. This is awesome. Yeah, Lisa, on these newer vehicles, I would think that most vehicles that come out that are hybrid, they're going to be hybrid, most of them that are going to come out because that's the new way of going. But yeah, you get the gas mileage and you get uh, the regenerative braking because it charges itself. Uh, you don't have to worry about plugging in at the house or trying to find a charging station because yes, you are. Uh, it is a hybrid and it's not a plug-in hybrid. Yes. We're going to be taking a trip this weekend and uh, we're going to check. We should we should easily be able to go 500 miles on our hybrid. CRV. All right, you can go because, like I say, you're you're not using the gas until you're cruising down the highway. But if you're driving around small streets and stuff like that, and when you're under thirty miles an hour, you're using that battery, and that's a good thing. Well, and we take the back roads, and so legally, fifty-five is uh, as fast as we can go, and that fuel economy is you know will show itself yes. on with our at the gas tank and that was one thing on on this week's money talks Ryder, they were talking about inflation and they were talking about the gas shortage in the 70s and how instead of taxing gas if they made the the speed limit lower that helped people save money because they didn't go as fast. They went at a more fuel efficient speed. Yeah, I agree with that. And we got to understand another thing, you know, uh, in Mississippi, it is 18%, uh, 18 cents on every gallon of gas uh, for road use taxes. Well, if you got an EV and you're not buying no gas, they're going to come up with another tax that you have to pay. And we already heard that last week from the tax collector says that a electric vehicle is 160 to $200 more 
for every tag. Well, even though I don't plan on buying as much gasoline, I I will I will pay my taxes because I do want my roads and bridges and my highways <laughs> That's maintained. Right. Hey, one thing to keep an eye out for the uh, U.S. Postal Service says half of its uh, 50,000 new generation mail truck orders will be electric. Uh, They found out that the Oshkosh Next Generation Delivery Vehicle would only guarantee 8.6 miles per gallon. (laughs) And that wasn't very good. So I would think, you know, a a hybrid or, you know, lots of starts and stops for a, a, a post office vehicle, that would be great for them. Yeah, the first thing somebody asks, well, does that stopping and going do anything to the starter? Well, they made it where they put better starters all on them, so you wouldn't even have to worry about that. Not like those diesel trucks. No, no. <laughs> That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Jay White. Thank you, Java Chapman, for helping us put our show on. And big super thanks to Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, who volunteers of his time. And uh, we appreciate him coming on for AutoCorrect. I'm Liz Gill. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.